We got a full showcase of Luke in Street Fighter V, revealing more of his story, how he functions as a character, and likely some insight into what Capcom will be doing with Street Fighter VI. We recap and expand on what we saw with this final newcomer, and then Catalyst dives into what we've learned about Street Fighter VI on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Callis Green. With me, as always, is John Velociraptor Guerrero. We got us a uh, a new look at a new character. Luke is on his way to Street Fighter V and probably Street Fighter VI. I don't want to get too far mm. ahead of myself. Uh, did you ask how I'm doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know what? And John, I would be even better if our audience does not mind putting a like up on our channel. Uh, it actually helps us out a ton if they don't mind doing it. Uh, there it is. Yes, yeah, but, please um, like Luke our is, stuff. Yeah, Luke is, I'm feeling him. Like, I, I know some people were not really high on his design. Uh, I know that's one of the kind of the big detractions and stuff, but I know like our, our entire like Event Hub staff is interested in playing this guy. Like, that's a big home run to have right from the get-go. Well, I don't. I won't get too far into it because those are two things that I do want to talk about specifically here. But yes, there's a reaction to his like what we'll say his visual aesthetic, and there's also a reaction to how he looks like he's gonna fit into Street Fighter Five and its meta, and it's potentially pretty scary for people yeah. that are fighting against them. And I think that's what a lot of people are feeling right now. The Event Hub's uh, crew, notwithstanding. Um, really quickly though, before we get into all of this, I want to give a shout outs to one of our faithful uh, followers. Followers, watchers, viewers, listeners, uh, Michelle Buffington. Man, mm -hmm. I just there's there's a lot of comments and a lot of you guys are, are out there. I'll do this again with other people because you're you're all awesome. But I, I see a lot of her comments very uh, pretty frequently, and they're just encouraging and nice, and and she's got good feedback and such. So thanks a lot for checking out the show. Please continue to do so, and uh, and yeah. Yep. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thanks, thanks to everyone again who supports the channel. It's like, it, this is our dream job, right? We get to freaking talk about Street Fighter for a living. Um, so it's like, um, uh, it's just nice to have the support, man. We're, we're right up against like Thanksgiving, yeah, and I, I'm being very thankful. Like, it, it's just, it's such a great time. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into this. So we got Luke, we got Capcom giving us the uh, uh, yet another awesome presentation. Is it the fall? update i guess is what it's officially called mm -hmm. uh, primarily luke information we got to see some of his story we got to see a breakdown of his gameplay v skills v triggers notable moves special attacks all that good stuff a, a couple of his uh costumes and whatnot and then a few things about a uh, capcom cup that i think we'll get into a little bit later uh but okay i want to start with the aesthetics luke has looked sort of bland not everybody's a fan of his weird kind of stringy looking hair and uh, we've got three looks at him so far in terms of costumes his regular mma uh attire his like kind of like street like what is he wearing like a like a basketball jersey kind of a saggy basketball yeah. jersey and his hair up in a ponytail and then what i guess i would call the commando or the the military outfit and that's gotta be my personal favorite of the bunch uh, but i i do agree with the sentiment that he doesn't look like the most enticing character and while i would say it's like ah that's not the biggest deal it it, it that tends to be a big deal with a lot yeah. of people when it comes to this kind of stuff. So uh, it's not it's not like a deal breaker, right? Because there's a whole other facet, a couple of other facets to the character, and they are very interesting. But I will say that he's uh, found a little bit wanting when it comes to visuals. Uh, but I wanted to ask you what your sort of reaction is. Is it is it similar to that, or did you uh, do you I, love I, it? So I, I'm really biased because everyone knows I'm going to just play Rose, right? So the character's visual appeal doesn't 
do a lot are not for me. Like I, I kind of see like the protagonist in these games, and that's something we're going to talk about here with Luke. Is is that he's another protagonist here, uh, probably fighting right alongside Ryu in Street Fighter Six. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be on the more boring side, and that's something that that a lot of people have talked about with protagonist in video games and, and any kind of thing. It's like your main central character tends to be a little bit more like withdrawn kind of from things and and that's how come i look at luke and i go hmm, that kind of adds up it's it's alex did not have the greatest of designs either in, in street fighter 3 a lot of people did not like him now a lot of people like him now because he's had a chance to really take on um but you know ryu is about as generic as it gets it's karate fighting dude uh you can find a bunch of people who look exactly like him from old games so sure um i seem to recall i don't remember uh, this was throw hearsay but it makes a lot of sense to me you know how um link from zelda for instance one of the most iconic characters ever uh he i, I heard that the reason that they've they first of all especially in um the most recent one uh i want to say skyward sword because i'm but it's not skyward sword it's a uh, uh breath of the wild, of the wild. I played through yeah. it i got through all 120 sh- shrines of the original don't don't hate me um <laughs> it was just a while ago he looks very like like you couldn't necessarily discern a lot of features about him uh even down to like like gender and such and then he never speaks so he doesn't have a voice and like but the creators purposefully kept a lot of that away from him so that he could be a blank slate that the player could project themselves onto was the point of all of that now uh, what you're saying here about Luke maybe that's sort of the idea here but I I, I mean I don't think so I, I do think there's a bunch of detail right about Luke mm-hmm. but like his hair is is very distinct you notice it he's got a whole bunch of of, of like tattoos and whatnot. There's a lot of nuance. And, and I will also say this when we're talking about his visual presentation, um, his his animations, some of them are, are, are great and very satisfying looking, especially those rapid punches uh, that he does in V-Trigger. Um, but like, I think it was like his jump in moves looked kind of awkward and wonky to me. And it's yeah. like some yeah. things like that weren't the coolest. And, but all of the, especially the recent characters, but for a couple of years now, Capcom has been cre- uh, animating their characters in this game very well, especially if you don't do anything and you see their recovery animations. Um, I remember seeing this specifically uh, with like Cody and then like with Dan and, and pretty much all of the characters from the last couple of years have had it, but um, they've spent a lot of time. And I think the same is true for Luke. It's just like, eh, did it all kind of come together? I don't know. But that's a, it's a relatively, I don't say small, but sort of minor nitpick. Um, not the greatest visuals, but that's not what everybody's talking about right now. Uh, one of the big things they're talking about is how he fits into the game's, or I'm sorry, the franchise's story. Now, it's not official. And as we've said before, uh, it seems as though all but certain that Luke will be the protagonist of Street Fighter VI, and I dare say that he is a Street Fighter VI character that happened to wind up at the end of Street Fighter V because of complications in the schedule with COVID and delays and whatnot for Street Fighter VI. Again, that hasn't been stated by Capcom, but that's what this looks like. And so, uh, and they've been pointing out so much about the story that now we got an extra glimpse of what's going on with Luke and how he's going to fit into things. We were all wondering, who is he talking about when they showed him three months ago? And he says, I want to be like that guy. Is he Guile's son? Is he related to Nash? Who the heck is he? Is he tied to some other uh, character that hasn't even been in a Street Fighter game? Well, we got to see his father in a part of his story, and uh, his father is, we don't know, and maybe it's a little bit of a Rise of Skywalker situation here, where it's like, the, the parents are really important, and then later on, it's like, ah, uh, red herring or whatever. But John, uh, of all the freaking examples, you, you had to bring up this, the new Star Wars, like, parentage. Your favorite. Or, yeah. Yeah. Also, I guess spoilers for the new Star Wars, but also, I don't care. Um, <laughs> no one cares. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no one's really caring. Uh, 
Sorry. Uh, but no, I wanted to ask uh, your reactions to what we've seen in terms of his story stuff. Did anything strike you? Um, yeah. And does anything get you a particularly hype for what he might represent or the role that he might play moving forward? Uh, he, his dad shows up and yells and stuff like that and then like gets GG's or whatever. Uh, that's not particularly interesting to me because we've seen that plot line a lot. But what is interesting to me is that, that Capcom is trying to have some continuity between games. Usually a new Street Fighter game comes out and it's like, okay, we're going to like wipe away half of the stuff we talked about before. And it's just there's no, you know, there's no carryover. But it looks like now finally they're going to have some carryover between games because they're bringing Luke in um, to, to Street Fighter Five, when he was probably, you know, a main Street Fighter Six character initially right in season five this was not supposed to ever really happen uh, a lot of other things so i'm actually i i a lot of the things we've been asking for like hey care about the plot do this other kind of stuff like those are the things i'm kind of picking up on um but i get all the complaints about them uh but that that stuff i am interested in mm -hmm. one thing that did strike me was that yes his father doesn't seem to be any he's like a nobody just a whatever character um but Luke mentions, okay, what happens is he's in some kind of catastrophe. We don't know what it is, but his father just takes the reins and tells Luke and everybody else around him to run. And like you said, it looks like he got GG's probably killed or, or whatever. And we don't know what that force was. Then Luke ends up going to the military and then has some kind of a connection, runs into Guile. And that's sort of all we know thus far. Of course, more answers are coming when he comes out on the 29th, was it, off the top of my head? Yep, 29th. Yeah, 29th. Okay. Okay, so the 29th, and we'll probably see more on the, uh, just slightly before that, if his trailer comes out. So, um, but what they did say was that Luke wants to be like his father. Another thing he mentions in the, the snippet that we got was that his father has always been simple, quiet, and reserved, and this was a new side of him that he had never seen before. So it's like, maybe his father is not what he appeared to be and maybe he is actually a character that we know about or that could just be some thematic thing that they want to tie into to luke's general personality or something uh but that did raise a little bit of a well, what's going on there i did really pop up on my radar so i wanted to point it out yeah and a big thing for me is like that the fighting game community is known to have a bunch of daddy issues um that's kind of like our community in, in a nutshell uh usually probably our dad saying hey you're wasting your time playing fighting games all that other kind of stuff uh that's pretty much what all of us were used to um but that kind of will coincide i think with a lot of people you know the tattoos the military background all that kind of stuff i think there's a lot of people who can relate to a number of issues and stuff with luke and so as you were saying kind of like taking their own self and putting them into a character i think mm -hmm. that's Luke is not bad in that regard. Like, you know, um, that's kind of how I'm seeing him shape up. Sure. Be a sort of a blank slate. Um, all right. So the, the big thing that is probably the most relevant to the most amount of people is of course, how he looks uh, as a, as a player or as a character, how he plays. And what we saw yesterday was, uh, I have it here that he's, uh, maybe mid tier, maybe really high tier. There's a chance depending on what the particular, you know, frame data numbers and all that that comes through. It's like, we'll have to see it in practice and see how he actually plays with everybody else. But I suspect that he fits Street Fighter V's meta especially well. He is definitely a rushdown style character. Almost, or, well, the majority of his attacks, whether it be normals or specials, move him forward in some way. And we know in Street Fighter's meta in the neutral that attacks that move you forward, think about like Ibuki's heavy kick or think about Jury or... Um, uh, Ed's leaping heavy kicks. A, a lot of these moves that just eke the character forward do a little bit of that footsy dance for the character, and that can be incredibly helpful, especially if you're just going around fr uh, fishing for crush counters, which is uh, what, one of the things. I don't know if they directly said that that's what he's doing 
or if uh or if, if they like... pretty much did yeah they pretty much said uh oh yeah this guy's gonna fish for crush counters and neutral like you should fish for crush counters and neutral i think is what they said so <laughs> yeah fair enough um so so the the he's gonna be an offensive character for the most part but what's interesting is that his and this actually wrenches into why he looks like he might be a little taste of street fighter six is that capcom are doing some very unique things with him and uh capcom has uh pointed out they went and, and directly pointed out a few ways that luke is going to be different from everyone else uh one of the main things that i think most people are talking about right now are his v triggers both of which are two bars and while they are still very clearly offensive powerhouse kind of moves they, they both sort of allow him to do more in the way of combos and hit you even harder than he would otherwise they don't function like virtually anybody else's v triggers because they don't they're timers that don't go down um, just by themselves. In fact, they either they either stay where they're at or they increase depending on what Luke is doing. So if if he activates and you just move away from him and try to wait the timeout, that's not going to work for you. And the whole idea is they don't want people running away from Luke once he has V-Trigger. They want people still engaging but having to play with him um, even though he's in this powered-up state, which is interesting. I feel like, man, we got, I would like things to move away from the, from the power of V-Triggers in this game more than towards him, but we'll see how it all plays out when it actually hits the game. Um, but yeah, he only depletes his V-Gauge once it's active by using certain, uh, you know, like the, the, the particular moves that he gains access to or by being hit. So it's the incentive is that you want to hit him now that he's in V-Trigger. You have to fight him. And it'll be interesting how that plays out. But yeah. this also means that, that you have this very offensive character. Um, and one of his V-Triggers, the one where he he gains like the, the better fireballs, basically sandblasts, pocket sand. Uh, it, it, that's more of a zoning type kind of a thing, you know, like he can all of a sudden hang back here and, and, and now maybe he can do more in the way of, of goad you into trying to, you know, do a bad jump because he's got fireballs and he can switch into being a defensive character is what it looks like. And that's very interesting too, because now you have this rush down, rush down, rush down, but maybe he can flip over and be very good on defense as well. And we'll, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, and, and if he's able to back off of people and and let his V-Trigger keep charging up as he's zoning, like, he's not a zoning character, but he gets zoning tools in, in his V-Trigger, so you might have a pretty deadly character in that scenario. And this goes back to, like, the Fong argument of you give someone a unique uh, uh, um, mechanic, it's either going to be really good or really bad, usually. And that's that's where I can kind of see Luke falling apart, because I think, like, he, until he gets to V-Trigger, he looks like a very strong character. How good his V-Triggers V-trigger, are, are definitely going to dictate how strong he is. And since he's a protagonist character, I have a hunch Capcom's going to make him pretty strong in general. Yeah. yeah. He also has uh, one of his go-to moves, they said, is that is synonymous with him, um, is is an attack that actually you, it's it's called flash knuckle, and you can do different strengths of it. And actually, one of his V triggers empowers this move, but it, it has a negative edge component to it, as I understand it. Where once you release the button, um, it does uh, more. Like there's a follow up from releasing the button. And while there's been negative edge in Street Fighter games before, like intentional intentional negative edge, like I think Jury in Street Fighter Four, she had to do the motion, hold the button, and then releasing the button would would allow her to do the uh, the. Action Actual attack, and I suppose the same is true of Balrog's turnaround punch. But they highlight this as a as a unique thing about him because most characters don't use the negative edge side of things, and that might be something that we see come back in Street Fighter Six. It's like maybe they're testing things out for that. Um, there was a moment, I think it was Nakayama that said it, 
Uh, he says, executing combos that, in that involve the charged version of Flash Knuckle feels great and inflicts a lot of damage, which is a characteristic that no other character shares. Now, I'm assuming he's not saying that no other character has a move that feels great and inflicts a lot of damage, um, but I, I think it's more of just this something, th this is them pointing again to this character is made differently in some significant ways than everybody else, and I think we are getting a glimpse of some of the things we are going to see in Street Fighter 6, maybe not exactly as they'll appear there, it's like probably the early before the beta sort of beta yeah. um but this kind of thing is is probably testing ground in the same way that i think like omega version in street fighter 4 uh was a testing ground for street fighter 5 concepts and this brings me to the other uh, big yeah. thing oh go uh, ahead. Before, before we hit on from that um i, I do think that luke is probably going to be the most intact character from street fighter 5 to street fighter 6 like he's the one that's probably going to play the most like it and uh it's actually a, a big thing uh, i'm going to bring up again is that that if you're gonna get into Street Fighter Six and like Street Fighter Five has never really kind of done it for you, this is a good character to kind of pick up and go um, mm -hmm. because he he's probably gonna be the most similar to what Street Fighter Six is from a mechanics and kind of gameplay standpoint. And you know, just having to um, really time your your inputs and your cancels and stuff with you know negative edge and then releases and other stuff. His execution is gonna be pretty decent. Like, and and I like that when you especially you get this late in a game's lifespan, you need characters that really kind of push the envelope with execution. And I don't think he's going to be a Monat level character because I, I think that his core stuff is all going to be easy enough to do. But if you want to get that max damage, you want to do those Akira V skill two combos and whatnot, you're going to have to put some work in. You're going to have to mm. really put some time in it. I like that. I like that really uh, easy to pick up and play, but very difficult to master gameplay. That is what this these these fighting games should be pretty much. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Project L. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some big news on that this week, too, so uh, definitely check that out. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, though, when it comes to uh, Luke and some of the stuff that we saw this weekend is his throw parry. This is one of his uh, V-skills that is basically... I, 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 I kind of liken it to a built-in shimmy in that it is a... It, oh, I'm sorry, not necessarily a parry, but a counter, right? Because if you throw and he's doing this little dodge move... Uh, and it makes contact. He it activates and he does a uh, he 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 hits you basically. So and that's true for regular throws and command throws. Now you go oh well that sounds like if it's a counter or a parry that sounds like a defensive tool. They specifically said this isn't really something for defense, which tells me it probably isn't a frame one sort of a thing. This is something for when you think your opponent's going to throw, which is very much something that you can think about on offense and and base your game plan around. Uh, he's got traps for this kind of a thing and paired. with with you know the fact that if if you're on wake up he could go low he could go high or he could do this parry thing and if you wake up with a throw um, it's got a lot of the same sort of uh, uh, results as if he were to shimmy you um, this is really interesting too and I gotta wonder is this something that might be the universal mechanic if there is one in Street Fighter Six but I wanted to get your reactions to the throw parry. Oh, I love it. It's a, it's basically um, I think he's going to be invincible to throws on a startup with it. That's how I would think, but like from like frame three or frame five onwards, he'll be invincible to throws and he'll just go through and follow through. And then um, if you whiff a throw in front of him and like he hits you, like that's a counter hit state, right? And so he can get some big combos and stuff afterwards. That's how I think it's going to work from a frame data perspective. I really like this a lot because it's intent. It's it's like, hey, I think this is going to go and then blowing up throws is huge in this game. Uh, but especially with a hardcore shimmy based character, which it seems like Luke is because he's very rushed down and very aggressive. And, and it's like, okay, so you're basically going all in on this kind of thing and it's like dude you do not want to mess with this guy because 
with being able to charge up his, his punches uh, and going into Popeye mode and all that kind of stuff, he's going to have a lot of deceptive frame data situations where it's like, uh, am I am I plus or am I negative here? And you know, it's in in this game especially. Yeah, it's only negative two if you think it's negative two, right? Like it's <laughs> we we know this well. So I'm actually pretty excited about this character overall, even though I know I'm gonna have to put quite a bit of lab time into to blow him up. But that's not a problem. It's like if he's well designed and thought out, all more power to you. Like mm -hmm. I, I love these kind of characters, especially if it means people drop Cammy to play Luke. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna play him full time, but I am definitely going to explore him. He does fit the bill of the sort of character that I've been playing in Street Fighter V. That being uh, primarily Nikali and, and Akira. I have a handful of others, but those have been the ones that have clicked with me the most. And they are mostly footsie neutrals kind of characters that want to rush you down. And um, and so that's what Luke looks to be. Again, a lot of this will come down to how useful are all of his tools when they are used in tandem with one another. But I. I do think he has a chance of being one of and i mean maybe the best character in the game it's too early to tell but the point is i and i think a lot of other people are excited to explore it and that is a good look for where we are at right now another very good presentation from capcom they said as much and they said more is coming so uh, i like where we're getting to be right now this is a good gear to be in a good way to close out street fighter 5 forever long that's going to be um and speaking of, there's there's more on the horizon already with whatever the next Street Fighter project will be, which of course we know Luke will be a big part of. Uh, but I think that segues us pretty well into the stuff that you wanted to talk about. Heck yeah. So uh, everyone, if you don't mind, leave a like on this video. It helps out the channel a ton. It's a really good way of supporting us. So if you don't mind doing that, it's a great way to get going. But I want to talk to people about what we know now about Street Fighter VI with this announcement, because we actually know quite a bit more. Uh, the Capcom let, left a lot of breadcrumbs here. And the confirmed cast so far for Street Fighter VI is Ryu, Chun-Li, and Luke. We, we've got three characters confirmed. Uh, Ryu and Chun-Li come in because uh, Capcom has said they're not going to make a Street Fighter game without those two characters in there. So they're a lock. Um, you know, you can you, you could say like, you know, maybe that does not include Kin and Akuma now. It's like, uh, it depends. Like, you never know if those characters are coming as DLC or part of the base roster, right? But we know that those three characters are now confirmed. Um, Luke is going to be a, a major part of the next Street Fighter project. That is what Capcom said. And we, we currently know this as Street Fighter 6 is what we call, they might call it, you know, they might go out of nowhere and call it Street Fighter Cross Street Fighter or something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's likely going to be announced at Capcom Cup 2022 right in the middle of February. So we're just a handful of months away from this. Uh, and the plan is for both you and I to be there. So if you see us there, hey, come give us a shout out. You know, I uh, love talking to the fans out there. Um, but expect a March or, or February or March 2023 release date that's about a year after it's going to be announced uh because this is how capcom does things right they, they love that quarter one for releasing major fighting games and i can't blame them because that has been a very good spot to release their games throughout the years usually Usually Especially if they they're going to do the Pro Tour, right? Because the Pro Tour is always kind of fallen in, in like kind of the March into December and such. And so you have that time, you know, right beforehand. And if you were to, yeah, exactly. It, it lines up with the Pro Tour as well. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that, actually, they did confirm that the uh, there's going to be a Capcom Pro Tour 2022. Uh, they already announced the DLC for it. And so that, of course, we're going to have new balance changes come out in March. And so we've got a whole nother year uh, once Street Fighter 6 is announced of Street Fighter 5. So, you know, it's, it's a good time to kind of, again, you don't have to play the game super seriously, but if you are interested in playing Street Fighter 6 from the get-go, it's a little springboard. And that is the actual terminology that they use there. Uh, Capcom said that that Street Fighter 5 is going to springboard them into Street Fighter 6 or the next Street Fighter project, right? Um, so take it for what it's worth. Um, but but again, it, it, it's, it's just a kind of a nice way uh, of 
of getting into it because one of the things that I really felt strongly about is with Street Fighter 3 to Street Fighter 4, the games were so vastly different. But from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5, I felt the gameplay was much more similar, right? Like it, it wasn't that big of a departure. The way that Street Fighter 3's neutral played and the whole game played, just night and day different from Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 4. But I, I personally feel like Street Fighter 4 was very similar to Street Fighter 5 gameplay-wise with some tweaks and stuff. But I'm kind of curious how you, you have feel about to, that. Yeah, because you have people that are uh, freaking out right now. In fact, this is a good time to comment and tell you why you uh, disagree with what John just <laughs> said um so i i think that there's room for that i don't see it immediately but i'd like to see hear the details of where you think things cross over and, and are similar because when i think of the transition from four to five the first place my mind goes is there were a handful of things they wanted to make sure to get rid of in four things like option selects and whatnot and and they wanted stuff to be much more commitment based now that part of the game was very different uh, but there might have been some other parts that weren't so different. I, I think they wanted to get rid of set play, um, which they didn't really in the first season, but have since gotten rid of it. But what would you say are the 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 main differences between four and five? Or I'm sorry, the main similarities between four and five's gameplay? Um, I, I think that once you remove the option selects, I think that the the games both tilted pretty heavily towards uh, offense. Uh, option selects were mostly, not always, but a lot of defensive enabling there, especially with crouch techs and different things, and um, especially with being able to focus, uh, fo focus absorb, and then backdash, you know, and just kind of get out of pressure situations and whatnot. And I think if those things were were not in the game, I think Street Fighter Four would have been a heavy offensive game. Um, and and so that's kind of the first plot, spot I go to. And you, if you compare it to something like Street Fighter three parries almost completely negated projectiles and negating mm -hmm. projectiles in a street fighter game is a really big deal uh and, and it's if you think projectiles suck in, in street fighter five like you, you didn't play much street fighter three like it, it's they had to just do crazy stuff to make projectiles even somewhat relevant and even then they weren't that relevant Mm -hmm. But what about Street Fighter 4? Because you had focus attack that, that it, it wasn't as effective as parry because you did take that gray damage, um, but you could just sit there and absorb them. Yeah, and... and but the thing about with Street Fighter 4 is you would still take that gray damage and, and then after like two or three fireballs you started risking a lot with continuing mm -hmm. to focus. You generally wanted to get in after that point because the risk reward started to be heavily against you where in Street Fighter 3 you could parry all day long and there was no reason not to. It would build meter, it would do a bunch of stuff for you so why not sit back and parry and make someone you know uh, build up and plus you could whiff normals in neutral in Street Fighter 3 to build meter as well. So you could literally camp out all day long against someone who's chucking plasma on you. Uh, literally fireballs have never been worse than they were than in, in street fighter three in a street fighter game sure and they're bad in five relatively speaking or they they have been it's not been a projectile thrower's game um there have been a couple of characters that have been uh, excelled at throwing projectiles but even then it's like it's not based around that and it's usually not good to hear that you're you know a new character is based around throwing projectiles um i mean there are some similarities between four and five and i don't think we need to get too stuck on this particular point but i do feel like the the, the just general feel of both games is fairly different the pacing is fairly different the balance of offense versus defense like uh, there was there. I mean, of course, there's a lot of offense in four, but I think there are a lot more defensive options with backdashes and such. And yes, option selects can can take care of that in certain scenarios. But even then, um, I think you can throw projectiles more effectively. So I I do feel like they're pretty different when it comes to. Uh, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're less different than other comparisons in Street Fighter, and that might have been your point there. But I I don't think that they're very similar in the way they play. 
Yeah, it's uh, I look at stuff like the Alpha games and Street Fighter 2 and all this other kind of stuff and I there there's kind of a, a a bloodline that kind of runs through all these games where they've got similarities but uh to me 4 and 5 are are much more similar. I just <laughs> think that 5 is a much better game in terms of, you know, but we've been into that, but a, a much mm-hmm. better game in terms of how how many issues they took out of it and how much you know more continuity and stuff they have but um, again that's something Ono talked about a lot with Street Fighter 4 is going back to the Street Fighter 2 roots to try to make the game play that way uh, from jumps to pressure to a bunch of other things uh, having mm-hmm. fireballs be relevant again fireball, fireballs were very relevant in Street Fighter 4 so um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that Street Fighter 6 is going to be its own thing but it, it's going to be an interesting you know kind of transition but it, like you know it, it it's we'll see when it gets here right because you know sure. we're speculating but that's how I feel about it but anyway I also feel like there's a good chance that uh, this game is going to be compatible uh, with the PS4 and Xbox One because it's really hard to get your hands on a PS5 or our Series X or our Series S at the moment. Um, although PC uh, is now Capcom's primary platform, which they've confirmed, even then it's hard to get your hands on a, a strong GPU. And that means that there's a lot of incentive to make your games run well on older hard- hardware right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you enjoyed uh, the, you know, the, uh, playing it on these current platforms, which a lot of people do, a lot of people still play on uh, PS4 and they haven't you know, tried to go to PS5, you might not have to upgrade. You're just going to run into like worse graphics and longer load times. Um, Shouts to input delay. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that those are, you know, but I still think that street fighter six is going to be compatible with these older systems as well. Cause it, it's just, it's too hard to get your hand on new hardware uh, right now. Which is nice to hear for the majority of us that are not planning on or that don't have a next generation console quite yet. And I, and I do agree with you there that it's probably going, I mean, the, that that tends to be the the kind of thing you know like the the old systems the older systems um they stick around for a while and a lot of games are made for them and you can you know get on either one and i do i i agree as well it'll be a year from now so uh, probably uh so it's like well we'll have to see what the landscape looks then but i would probably err on the side if i were betting on it that they would still would be in um it would still be available for the uh the previous uh, ones but i don't care because i got it on pc so whatever I think also right now John's having some uh, issues with his landscaping crew, and uh, so you might be uh, you might have already heard those in the background. Uh, at the same time, uh, now when we're talking about landscape, we probably should talk about support for the Event Hubs podcast is brought to you by Manscaped today, which offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. And we have an exclusive offer for you today. If you go to manscaped.com, you will get 20% off and free shipping and handling if you use the checkout code eHubsPod when you check out. 20% off, free shipping and handling, and it lets them know that we sent you. And that's a really important part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Manscaped was actually kind enough to send us both the perfect package 4.0, which includes not only the lawnmower 4.0, but also the crop preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the crop reviver, which is a ball spray toner. Both of these do wonders below the belt, leaving you feeling comfortable and looking confident. We need to look confident, John, and also smell like you care. And, and you know what, John? I tried this out with a wife last night, and she liked it. Ooh. So if you're trying to please the ladies... This worked on my lovely wife. We know that the FGC doesn't exactly have the best resume, the best track record, the best perception, let's say, when it comes to hygiene. Well, fair enough. Let's start today. We have an opportunity. We can take a high quality product and I've been using it. I've been using all of these. I deem them high quality. John, are they high quality? No, they're great. They're absolutely great. 20% off, free shipping and handling, and we can begin dismantling a stereotype with the Lawnmower 4.0 
and its uh, accompanying ball products. Uh, one of the things I wanted to point out about the lawnmower is uh, it has a ceramic blade, which means less snags, less catching, less cuts, stuff like that. And when you're trimming your balls, that's like one of the most important parts about it. It also has uh, a 4000K LED light, so you can see exactly what you're doing, no matter how deep and dark you've allowed your pube pores to grow. That light is amazing. It is so nice to have. I, I never knew I needed it until I tried this, and now I'm like, I am never using anything else without that light on there because it's a ball saver. Also, Manscaped's gonna take really good care of our audience out there because they can get 20% off. I forgot about that. Yeah, hey, it, it's a good deal. Just use that code eHubspod at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Again, just punch in that code eHubspod unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Balls. <laughs> they, they say that, that Luke is an important character for Street Fighter's future, and that's where things get interesting. Uh, Ryu is the main protagonist of the franchise, and really the lead character from like Street Fighter 1 into Alpha into the Street Fighter 2 games. Once you hit Street Fighter 3, though, it becomes him and Alex, and you're seeing more characters um, share the spotlight and stuff from there. Uh, they they just put out a, a video that shows you know Abel as like the Street Fighter Four um, you know protagonist, which is pretty much garbage because like Abel had no lines and no dialogue and no anything. Uh, and then Who they, am they... I? I think I like dogs. <laughs> can you like, identify with me? Like no one can relate to that. Yes, like, what you... Yeah. You're a bison clone. And then like you, you fight Fei Long because you have to repeat yourself or something like that. It's, it's, it's terrible. Do you like 50 um, fifties? No. Well, here you go. You're in one anyway. Brainless. Oh, shout out to Sanford, man. That was a great moment. But anyway, um, so, uh, uh, then you get to, to five and actually Rashid does have a, a good amount of time in the limelight and he does good things and stuff with the plot and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, hey, Rashid, I can see him as being kind of a shared protagonist with Ryu. Barely, but sure, but barely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then that's where that's where Luke is going to come in in Street Fighter Six, if you ask me. Uh, what role he's going to be in the military is maybe you know G has some military ties to By Byron Taylor or whatever, and shout out to Byron Taylor doing his damn dance, which is the worst thing I've ever seen in a Street Fighter game, I think. <laughs> and we'll definitely have the graphic come up there to show that. But anyway, uh, Ryu's of course going to still be the main guy. Bison's dead there's room for another character to come in and share this role. But John, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Capcom doing another shared protagonist kind of role with Luke being the, the dude? Yeah. Okay. So my initial reaction is uh, who cares? There's not, there's not a lot of care uh, initially for it because Street Fighter has never been super strong or I, I dare say hasn't drummed up a ton of meaning when it comes to these other characters. And in fact, like we talked about them uh, uh, a few weeks ago about, you know, like who won the tournaments and stuff. And people like, are, wasn't it just Ryu? Isn't Ryu always the protagonist? And like some people know that Alex was Third Strike's protagonist, technically speaking and whatnot and stuff. But like Abel, did you know that Abel was Street Fighter 4s? Do you care? Does it, is it a big deal that you know now? Um, you know, the same thing with Rashid for Street Fighter V. Now, that said, 
That's because a lot of these stories haven't been executed all that well. They are paying a lot of attention and caring a lot more, as far as I can see, about story now. And so they might be gearing up to do a really rich and in-depth story that people care about on a level that they never have been before. And if that's what they do, then all of a sudden this title of being the co-protagonist is a much bigger deal than it was or than it has been traditionally speaking. And for some people, it's already a big enough deal because they care about this and, you know, without... Capcom needing to put a bunch of bells and whistles and meaning into the story. Fair enough. But I think a lot more people will get sucked up into it and appreciate it, and they should, if Capcom does this kind of, uh, well, what I think they might be setting up for with the story here. So, yes, give him some significance, and then I can appreciate that. Um, but if they keep doing things the way they do it, it's I'm I'm more looking at, uh, is he fun to play? Is he a cool character as a, as a character that I'm playing in the game? Uh, those are the more important things, but I do leave some room for uh, where they might be going. And and so that's the hope there is that that Capcom actually does something worthwhile with the plot. They've talked about it. It was something with Street Fighter Five. Ono came out and said, "Look, we're not going to have an NRS level of plot in Street Fighter Five, but for the next game, that's our goal. That is what we're trying to actually execute and have something worthwhile." And I can say with Street Fighter Five, especially if you go and play the the fifty million arcade endings, which no one does, but unless you work on event hubs, because then you have to do that part. Um, but if you go and you do that, like you can see that there, there's actually some foundational stuff they put in the game that makes sense and actually is interesting and cool and advances a plot forward. Um, some aspects of Street Fighter V actually do take place after Street Fighter Three, which is something people have been asking for. It's like, oh yeah, like some of this stuff actually happens afterwards. They're, they're trying to make some interesting things happen. So as you say, if the execution's good, if, if, if a lot of ifs, buts, and you know, if if your whole philosophy on this is I'll believe it when I see it, well, you've got a lot of reasons to to feel that way. So sure. we're hyped about it because you know we we've talked to the developers. We know that there's an intention there to make this happen, and you know we'd love to see Street Fighter actually done right for the first time ever <laughs> in terms you of know, a plot. So yeah, and and with this whole transition, because Luke has been so wrapped up into like not only the story but the end of SF5, the beginning of, of SF6 or the next project and such. The the feel around this right now, um, I, obviously Street Fighter three to four, there was a huge black hole of time where there was a drought, and we all kind of know about that. And then the transition was more like a all of a sudden a grand resurrection of the franchise. The transition from Street Fighter four into Street Fighter five was odd because obviously Street Fighter five felt rushed. A lot of us weren't ready to stop playing Street Fighter four. Um, and then now here we are in the precipice of the transition from Street Fighter five into what is probably going to be Street Fighter six. And while I, you know, maybe asked me a year or two ago and, and a lot of people, it's like, oh, I just can't wait for five to end. And that's still somewhat of like, I think five is we're, we're, we're pretty much done with it, but it has gotten to a place where it's fun enough and it's good enough, better than it ever has been that we'll play it for another year. And I think that's, no one's like super upset about that, but it feels like we have a certain momentum and things are certain, like dialed into a, a pretty good and balanced degree that I think we're going to be ready to make this transition transition more smoothly than than at least the last two that I was around for yeah. um, were made. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle that. I actually, I'll, I'll go on the record here and say, I think there's going to be a handful of very passionate and vocal people who love Street Fighter V because it's such a Marvel Street Fighter game. It's so offensive tilted and it's so commitment and all this other kind of stuff. You just don't want to be in certain spots on screen because you're dead. Like if you're there, you're dead. And that is very not Street Fighter like, right? Um, so uh, there, there's going to be some very passionate people that I think come out of the woodwork once Street Fighter Six kind of hits and like try to keep the, the scene alive with Street Fighter V. But uh, if it didn't work 
work for four. I don't think it's going to work for five. I don't I don't think this game's long-term future is very bright, right? But I think it will be a nice way. It will go out with a nice solid, hey, last year of the game, let's have some fun with it. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, Capcom's able to bring back the fan base that, that really loves the Street Fighter franchise for what it is, a, a balance between offense and defense, footsies, whiff punishing, all that kind of stuff that we hope what Street Fighter really should be uh, and what Street Fighter V kind of missed the mark on a, in a number of regards. At least at first. And I will say that I, I like I, I, like a lot of other people right now, have high hopes for where things are going. So it's a good, It's it hasn't been a good time to be a Street Fighter fan, but it is now finally a pretty good time to be a Street Fighter fan, an optimistic time, I would say. And uh, there it what is. What could possibly go wrong? Ain't nothing <laughs> terrible going to happen today. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. We just jinxed ourselves into oblivion. Uh, we hopefully will see you guys next week if John and I don't die because we just praise Capcom and we're optimistic about their future. We will see you guys hopefully next week. Bye-bye.